The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Good morning, saints. Good morning to everyone joining in with us in this worship service. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is also another day that we continue in this pandemic, but God has, and he will continue to give us grace. And this pandemic is changing us in different ways, changing the way we, we think, the way we do things, changing our activities, where we go and don't go, what we do and don't do. But I thank God that God is still in control. You know, I'm reminded of the scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where the Lord says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, then will I turn from the wicked ways. Don't want to forget that. You got to turn from, and that's where we are now, beloved. I believe God is waiting for many, not only in this country, but around the world, to turn from their wicked ways. And the promise is, then I will forgive your sins and I will heal your land. And since we live in this country, then we must believe that that promise has to begin here first and then it proceeds around the world. It's time to seek God's face it's time to turn from our wicked ways. And God promised he would hear from heaven. There's a lot going on in the nation. The nation seems to be on fire. And in some places, literally, it's on fire. Protests happening in all the major cities around the country. And, and protests happening even in 50 different countries around the world. And people are standing up. People are tired. They're sick and tired of being tired. And they're standing up and they're crying out for equal justice. They're crying out for end to police brutality. And I just believe that this is all part of what God allows so that he can accomplish his purpose here in America and around the world. And I'm telling you, it did my heart well to receive some photos of some people from Agape Word Fellowship being part of the peaceful protest here in Raleigh. There's nothing wrong with being part of the peaceful protest. Now, we're not advocating violence. We're not advocating looting and burning, the destruction of life or property. But we do advocate that people need to stand up for their rights. You need to press your claim and claim your rights as an American citizen. And so let me say this. If you never heard me say it again, all lives matter, especially black lives. And here's why I say it that way. Black lives matter. We have to say that. We have to say that. It's easy to say all lives matter. But we've been saying that for the last 400 years. But when we say black lives matter, we're saying all lives matter, and especially black lives. Amen. And I believe 
that God will be our champion and that God will be our victor and victory shall be ours. Amen. God is a God of justice. He's a God of peace. He's a God of equity, judgment, and righteousness. And I'm telling you, things has to change in this country. And they have to change from the top to the bottom. Everything cascades down from the top, then down to the populace. And so if we want to see real change in this country, it must begin at the higher echelons of leadership. And then it rolls down. Can't legislate what's in a person's heart. You never can do that. We have to trust God for that. But we can do what we can to change the unjust laws of this country that's unfairly impacted so many of us for decades, even for centuries. Glory to God. So I don't want you to be hesitant to say black lives matter. To say that is not a contradiction to what we believe. It's not, it doesn't go against our vision. We believe black lives matter because black lives are God's people as well as other people may be God's people. In fact, they are. Glory to God. You know, I was uh, in a conversation last month with uh, my sister, uh, Dr. Ruby Hunt, and all of you, many of you uh, that's uh, viewing this uh, worship service, you know her. And uh, my sister is just such a good encourager of the, of the faith for me. She, she's so encouraging, so inspiring. And in that conversation, she said these words, and I forget the exact context, but she used the words, undeniable faith. And as I began to meditate in Daniel chapter 3, I saw among the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, undeniable faith. And so this morning, I want to go into part two of my message, Faith in the Fire. And I'm calling this message, Undeniable Faith. In the book of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, chapter three, I want to begin reading to you at verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you're ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and simply with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship 
the gold image which you have set up. The first commandment written by the finger of God as recorded in Exodus, the 20th chapter, verse 3, that first commandment says, thou shall not have any gods, any other gods before me. Thou shall not have any other gods before me. Now, why would God give that commandment? And why would God make that the first commandment that he would write with, with his own finger? Thou shall not have any other gods before me. That commandment acknowledges on the part of God that there would be other gods and they would be false gods. And there are many gods, but there's only one true and living God. Many of us have made gods. We've made ourselves gods. To some people, their spouse is their god. Their children are their gods. Their job, their business. That can become a god to you. And what about your house and your car? Huh? You cannot allow anyone or anything else to become a God before him. He said the problem wasn't other gods. He said the problem was you shall not have any other gods before me. So what were God saying? I believe God was saying never. Don't ever let another God be, come between your face and my face. Or should I say my face and your face. Never place a less powerful being between you and me. This is what God was saying. Don't let nothing or no one come between me and you because I am the Lord your God and besides me there is no other. Glory to God. So even like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even if you find yourself facing some extremely painful and unbearable situation. You find yourself facing some horrendously hard test or trial. You find yourself facing something that threatens you, a circumstance, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's something, some existential force or set of circumstances that threaten you to the point to make you feel like you're going to be consumed in this thing. You're going to be defeated in this thing. Then that thing becomes metaphorically like a burning, fiery furnace. But God says no matter what, don't serve that God. God says no matter what, don't bow yourselves down to worship that God. What is God saying? Never ever deny your faith. Let me say it again. Never, ever deny your faith. God wants us to have undeniable faith. What is undeniable faith? Well, when we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, here in Daniel chapter 3, we can clearly see what undeniable faith is. Undeniable faith is strong faith in God that's incapable of being contradicted. 
There was no question that these three Hebrew boys had faith in God. Undeniable faith is a faith that's so strong, not only can it not be contradicted, it can't be denied or disputed. There was no denial that these three Hebrew boys had faith in God. There was no denying of that. There was no room to dispute that. So undeniable faith is incontestable. It's unquestionable. It's clear, it's plain that you have faith in God. When you live your life believing that God is the true and living God and you're not to have any other God before him, then the faith you stand on becomes undeniable faith. What are the characteristics of undeniable faith? Once again, when we look here in chapter 3 of Daniel and we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By the way, this wasn't a, 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 a fairy tale. This wasn't just a good story to be, that was written by somebody and just placed in the Bible. These things actually happened. This situation actually occurred. Yes, the Jews were taken by Nebuchadnezzar into captivity. The people of Jerusalem and Judah went into bondage of Babylon. And they were there for 70 years. These things actually happened when they were captives in Babylon. But what were the characteristics of their undeniable faith? See, sometimes it's easy to have faith in Jerusalem. It's easy to have faith in Judah. What am I saying? It's easy to have faith at church. It's easy to have faith when there is no pandemic. It's easy to have faith when everything is everything and you're used to your normal being normal. It's easy to have faith. But when you're held captive, when you're taken to a strange place, when you're in a situation that you've never been before, when you're going away that you never went before, that's the time you need undeniable faith. The characteristics of an undeniable faith. As I told you last week, undeniable faith is unshakable. It's unshakable. It's immovable. Let the strong winds blow. Let let. Let whatever comes, come. But I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be shaken by the storm. I'm not going to be shaken because the winds are blowing contrary. I'm going to have unshakable faith if my faith is undeniable. Undeniable faith is boldness. A person that has undeniable faith it could be said of that person, as Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. You're bold in your faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, was, they were bold in their faith when the king threatened them, if you don't bow down and serve my gods, you don't bow down and worship the gold image I've set up. When you hear the music, if you don't bow down, I'm going to catch you immediately into a burning, fiery furnace. But listen to the boldness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, 
We have no need to answer you in this matter. That's boldness, beloved. That's boldness. Another characteristic of undeniable faith, it is fearless. You're not afraid of anything but God. You see, God has not given those of us with undeniable faith. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Glory to God. You see, undeniable faith doesn't try to figure things out. That's when we get in trouble. We try to figure things out. Why did this happen to me? Why me? Why not you? We don't need to figure it out. We don't need to explain it away. There's too much figuring going on and too much mansplaining. We keep trying to figure God out. We keep trying to explain different things away rather than understand that God is God and we shall have no other God before him. Bottom line is this undeniable faith that doesn't compromise. It doesn't compromise. It's easy to compromise, to give in, to make excuses. These three Hebrew boys, they didn't compromise. They, 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 they didn't say, well, 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 we'll bow down, but only one time. Or we'll bow down just except any day but the Sabbath day. They didn't say that. They said, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In other words, we're not compromising. We're going to stand on the word of God and we believe what God said that we should have another gods before him. Beloved, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for everything. It's time for those who say they're of faith to have undeniable faith and take a stand. Stop compromising because of circumstances and situations that are contrary to your comfort level. They did not compromise what they did. They abide in their faith. They have, you see, that's one of the characteristics of undeniable faith. You abide in faith. In other words, you live in faith. It's not something you turn on and off. You wake up in faith. You live your day in faith. You lie down and go to sleep at night in faith. You abide in faith. Now here in Daniel chapter 3, we see with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they were actually cast into this burning fire furnace. And they were cast into this burning fire furnace in a very violent way. Nebuchadnezzar chose three of his most mighty men of valor from his army. And they bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In other words, they tied them up. And then they immediately cast them into the fiery furnace that he had commanded to be heated seven times hotter than it was usually heated. In fact, the fire was so intense, the fire was so strong, it slew the three mighty men of valor, but it didn't touch Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is why some says a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come nigh you. And so don't expect for everything that's happened to everybody else to happen to you. Because you don't have any other God before him. Huh? So they cast into the fiery furnace. But they never denied their faith. 
They continued in undeniable faith. And there are three levels of that undeniable faith that we see here. While they're in the burning fiery furnace, three levels. Oh, I got three fingers up. I had four first. Three levels. <laughs> three levels of undeniable abiding faith. Abiding undeniable faith. There's three levels. The first level was when they told the king, we're not, caref we're, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. And so they went on to say that we have faith in the power of God. We have faith in the power of God. How can your faith be undeniable when you have faith in the power of God? The same one who created the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything there is, and everything under the sea. He created it all. They wanted him to know, first of all, we have faith in the power of God. How did they express that? They said to the king, our God is able, he is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace. They said, we got faith in the power of God. We just can't talk about the power of God, sing about the power of God. What about believing for the power of God, especially when you're in the time of need? These young men were in the time of need. And they said, we're not compromising. We have faith in the power of God. Our God is able. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, the Bible says, when Abraham was 99 years old, I need you to get this. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared unto him, and he said to Abraham, he says, I am the almighty God. Now walk before me and be perfect. In other words, walk before me and be blameless. What was God saying to him? God was saying, Abraham, Abraham, you cannot have any other God before me, even if it's your wife. Now in chapter 16, Abraham made a tactical mistake. God had made him a promise, a promise of a child that would be born. He had made him a promise of a special seed that would come forth from his wife, even though they were past the age of childbearing. Abraham compromised by listening to the voice of Sarah. When Sarah said, go in and take my maid Hagar and, and give me a child by her. Abraham compromised at that moment thinking that this would bring forth the manifestation of God's promise. So now in chapter 17, God appears to him and says, I am the almighty God. And that word there is El Shaddai, two words, El Shaddai. The word El mean the strong and mighty one. Shaddai means the fully breasted one. So what was God saying to Abraham? God was saying to him, I am the strong and mighty one and there's no one stronger than me. And I am the fully breasted one. I will care for you as a mother cares for her nursing child. 
And if I said something to you, you can stand on it and you never have to deny it. This is the faith that Abraham didn't have at that point. The Chetrach, Meshach, and Abednego certainly had in the burning fiery furnace. They had faith in the power of God. They believed that God was able to deliver them, but Abraham had a slip in his belief that God was able to bring forth the son because his wife was past childbearing age. I'm telling you, we need to understand that God is God. If the God is not God, then we need to stop serving him and serve our gods. But he says, you shall not have no other gods before me. Remember, Jesus said, all power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And he said that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Last week I quoted from Ephesians chapter 3, the 20th verse. Now God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think. So even when you think, well, I don't see how this is going to happen. You see, you're trying to figure it out. You see, when you begin to explain it away, you're trying to reconcile it. You don't need to explain it. You don't need to figure it out. You don't need to reconcile it. You need to wait on the one who made you the promise because he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask or think. Glory to God. So they said we have faith in the power of God. That was the first level of their abiding, undeniable faith. Then the second level, they went on to say, yes, we have faith. We believe God is able. And here's the second level. They went on to say, and he will deliver us. He will deliver us. Why? He is the true and living God. All your gods are false gods. This gold image that you set up is nothing but metal and clay. He will deliver us. So they were saying we have faith in the promise of God. Do you have faith in the promise of God? Or have you put a time limit on it? You place the statute of limitations on it, run out. Do you have faith in the promise of God? And when you truly have faith in the promise of God, you don't deny that faith. You don't deny that promise because of time. When God is not a God of time in the first place, he's a God of eternity. If God made you a promise and you've been waiting on it for, in Abraham's case, it was 99 years. That's not too late. In fact, God would manifest that promise right on time. Just like he did, he, Isaac was born right on time. Glory to God. But do you have faith in the promise of God? When they say God will deliver us, they say we have faith in the promise of God. He will deliver us. He will deliver us. Psalm 34 says, verse 7, the angel of the Lord and camp round about them that fear him. And he will deliver them. God says, I'll deliver you if I have to send an angel. God will send an angel. If you refuse to deny your faith, have that undeniable faith. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.